Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you and welcome to the Edge Church. My name is Stephen Van Den and I'm one of the pastors here. Really glad to have you joining with us today as we finish up our New Year's series that we're calling Seek First. And, and really, this is just a series simply about putting God first and, and seeking to have our hearts and our lives aligned to His heart and His priorities. Uh, if you've missed any bit of this series, let me give you a quick update. A couple weeks ago, uh, I preached a, a message about seeking God first and, and making Him the priority of our own personal lives. And then just this past week, Pastor Neil gave a, a really great word on seeking God for the church and God's heart for us to walk together in the unity of His Spirit. And if you missed that one, I really encourage you to go back on our Facebook page or YouTube channel and give that a listen because I absolutely believe that, that God loves his church, that God has a powerful work that he wants to do in us and through us. And we need him and his spirit and one another in order to walk that out. And so, so please give that a listen, pray into that, see how God leads you. Uh, this morning now, I want to wrap up our series by opening up God's word with you and having us look together at seeking God's, seeking God for the sake of of the world. And I, I just want to pray as we get started. So if you bow your heads with me, let's pray. Father God, I just come before you this morning in the name of your son, Jesus. God, I thank you for today and this opportunity for us just to gather in your presence. God, I thank you that, that you are here with us in, in this, uh, God, in this moment and in this time. And God, I thank you that you've given us your word Lord, I pray that as we open up your word today, God, that you would teach us, Father, that we'd have ears to hear from you, God, that we'd have hearts that are open to receive of you. I just invite you, even in this moment, this moment to just take a quick second and just invite the Lord to speak to you this morning. Just say, Lord, come and speak to me. Come and have your way in my heart today. Lord, give you this time. God, may you be glorified in it. And Lord, would you teach us and transform us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, uh, we find Jesus uh, and he tells us that, that we are to seek the Lord and his kingdom. And what he's really saying to us in this is to make the Lord and his priorities uh, the first priority of our heart, which ought to really lead us then to this question, what is the priority of God's heart? What does God desire? What does God want and what is he after? Well, Jesus, God the Son, tells us plainly in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and he says of himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That, that's his priority and his pursuit. Later then in 2 Peter 3, 9, the apostle Peter tells us about Jesus' second coming, saying this, saying that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The reason that Jesus came and the reason for why he's waiting to come again is because it is the loving heart of God that desires that no one perish because of sin and remain separated from him, but for everyone to repent and be saved. That's his priority. But perhaps the, the best summary in all of scripture of God's heart and his priority is a passage that, that many of us are familiar with, and that's John 3, 16 and 17, where the apostle John says to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Listen to this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, don't let your familiarity with this passage cause you to miss or belittle the incredibly weighty heart of God in this. Look at this. It says that, that God so loved the world. Not, not, not just love the world, but, but God so loves the world. And that word world here doesn't just mean like the physical planet, but all of his creation, including every single person. If you are in the world, then this passage is about you. And it doesn't say here that God likes you. It doesn't say that, that God has some kind of moderate affection towards you. It doesn't even say that he loves you. It says that God so loves you. Have you ever seen a parent with a bad case of the so loves, right? If you're not sure what that is, these are those parents who have a, a proud parent of whatever their kid does sticker on the back of their car, right? This is a parent that's at every one of their kids' uh, concerts or, or games or events, rolls up in their vehicle all colored and, and painted with their kid's jersey number splattered all over it, uh, wearing a t-shirt with their kid's face on the front of it, their name on the back, right? They got their pom-poms, they got their air horn, they got their megaphone and, and huge signs that they're holding up throughout. And every time their kid makes a basket or gets a hit or, or score, scores a goal, they lose their mind, right? They just go absolutely crazy crazy like their kid just won the Olympics, but it's like 10-year-old rec league basketball. They just so love, right? It's like over the top. Now, I'm a dad. I have five kids. I, I love being a dad. Most of you know that. Um, and and here's my kids. And, and I, I'll tell you that, that I'm crazy about these kids, right? I love being with them. I love raising them. I love talking to them. I love hugging on them and kissing them and praying with them and teaching them and playing with them and just hanging out with them. And I never thought in my life that I would be one of those so loved parents, right? And then my oldest, Olivia, started soccer, first grade soccer in the park district. And I finally made it out to one of the games. And, 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 and you know, I'm just yelling throughout the game. I'm trying to encourage. I'm like, come on, Livy, you got this. You can do this. And if you've ever uh, witnessed first grade soccer, basically it's a lot of kids huddled in a whole group and no one's really kicking the ball or knowing what's going on. It's absolutely pandemonium, right? But, but, but I'm, I'm cheering her on and, and she's on defense. And I'm like, come on, Livy, kick it. You got this. And, and I'm just yelling as I can. And finally, at one point of this match, um, the ball moves down the sideline and Livy's starting to run down the sideline with the ball. And I'm, and I'm cheering. I'm like, come on, Liv. And I'm like running down the sidelines, cheering around. Go, Liv. You got this. You can do it. And she stops as she's going and just looks at me. And she's like, Dad, can you stop? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm that parent. I'm, I'm that guy. And, and really, it's just that I so love this kid, Right? From the day my kids were born, and if you have kids, I'm sure it was like this for you. It's just amazing how much you can love this little person. This baby that hasn't done a single thing for you, that can't do anything for you, right? They're not paying any bills. They're not helping with household chores, right? They're not even taking care of themselves. You're doing absolutely everything for them. You're getting up in the middle of the night and walking them to sleep. They're absolutely exhausting, and yet you just so love them. 
You know, even as my, my kids have gotten older, uh, even uh, many nights I'll come home and it's late and I'll still walk into their rooms and, and I'll just look at them for a minute, just amazed at, at this life that God has made and the blessing that it is to be their dad because I just so love them. It doesn't make sense. It's not even really logical at times, right? You can't explain it, but, but yet you so love. And this is how God is towards us times infinity. The, the apostle John wrote excitedly in 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God lavishes us with his love because he just so loves you. And it doesn't really matter what you think about him. You'll be asleep tonight and he'll just be watching over you. He'll just be looking at you saying, man, that is my son that I love. That is my daughter that I just so love. And even though you might be running from God, even though you might be trying to get away from him, have so many have throughout time, he will still be and continues to be pursuing you because he so loves. But, but, but get this, God doesn't just so love you, right? It's not about you, but, but God so loves every single person from every single continent and every single nation and every region or, or state or tribe and every city or village or town and every neighborhood and every family and every home, everyone, everywhere, right? Regardless of age, regardless of race or gender or ethnicity or ability, sinner or saint, every person has been created in the image and life of God by his design and he so loves them. So much so that the apostle John tells us that he gave us Jesus, that, that God sent Jesus to us and for us. Why? He tells us not to condemn us, not to condemn his creation that he so loves, but to save us through Christ, through his death and resurrection that paid the penalty for our sin and the sin of the entire world and offers to us in himself the gift of his salvation and grace and new life in him as we turn from our sin and put our hope and trust in him. Jesus is our evidence of just how much God the Father loves us. Jesus is the evidence of just how much God wants to save us through Jesus. L let me ask you this question then. If God so loves and wants the world to be saved, what then might he want our response and our priority towards the world to be? Could it be that God wants us to carry his same heart? To, to, to love the world and, and to love each and every person that's been created in his image and to seek their salvation. In fact, isn't this the very commission that Jesus gave to us where he and his disciples in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus showed us his heart and his priority. And here he says to us, look, now you let my priority be yours. And he invites us to share in his gospel mission. Now, I wanna to suggest to you this morning that the first way by which we enter into and partner with God in our gospel mission and sharing in his love, uh, loving heart and priority of saving the lost is through prayer. 
The, the apostle Paul says it like this, writing to the church in 1 Timothy 2, verses one through four. He says, I urge you, he's talking to the church. First of all, here's our word again. First of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. And again, here's God's priority. Who wants everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Paul says, listen, if we are gonna be about God's priority of seeing the world saved, then we must pray right? Before our going and our doing is our praying. Why? Because as James 5.16 tells us that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective, not because you or I are so powerful and effective, right? Not because we say all the right words when we pray and, and we've got them in just the right order, but because God is so good that he allows us to join him in his work. And so he responds to the prayers of his people and by his power, his spirit moves mightily and effectively in the hearts and lives of the people we pray for. You, you and I don't transform people's hearts and minds, right? But God does. And God opens people's eyes to their own sin and their need of him as savior. And God opens their ears to hear and respond to his voice and his truth. And he opens hearts to receive him and his salvation. It's our prayer, but it's his work. So we pray because ultimately God can accomplish more, in, uh, more by his spirit in five minutes than, than you or I could accomplish by a lifetime of our works. And that, that isn't to say that we don't do gospel work and, or, or we don't evangelize. That's not a cop-out, right? It's not saying that our witness doesn't matter, but we start with prayer and by seeking God for the sake of the world. I, I wanna give you five things this morning to pray so that you can share in God's heart and his priority of seeking and saving the lost. And here's the first one. Pray and ask God for his heart and to align your priorities to his. The, the apostle Paul said to the church in Romans 10 verse one, he says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that they might be saved. Could, could you say that's true of your heart and your desire? Could you say that my heart's desire and my prayer is for them to be saved? Let me ask you this question. If you were getting ready to go to sleep tonight and Jesus showed up, Jesus walks into your room and he says, listen, I've been hearing you. I've been listening. And what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm going to answer every single prayer that you've prayed this past week. Every single one, whatever you've brought to me in prayer over the past seven days, over the past week, I'm gonna answer every single prayer request that you made. Here's the question. When you wake up tomorrow, would there be anyone new in the kingdom of God? not asking that question to shame you, but, but, but I'm encouraging you to say, we need God's heart. We need his heart to be what moves our heart. 
So the invitation here is for us to pray and ask the Lord to give us his heart for the world, for salvation, for, for the eternal destiny of other people. Romans 5, 5 tells us that, that love, the love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So loving with God's heart isn't merely an act of our will, but it is a work of the Holy Spirit in us, filling us with the love of the Father. So first ask God to fill you with his love for his creation, for all people, and to help align the priority of your heart to his, to see people come to saving faith in him, no matter who they are, right? No matter how worthy you might think they, that, that they are of his grace or his salvation. Jesus makes this incredible statement in Matthew 5, and 45, where he says, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. I want you just to notice here how love and prayer go hand in hand. Praying for others is one of the most loving things that you'll ever do because what could be more loving than going to God on behalf of someone else and seeking him for their good and salvation? Author and theologian Richard Foster put it like this. He said, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than is in our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Prayer is an act of love. And something else that you'll find here is that, that it's also really hard for you to maintain any kind of anger or bitterness or indifference that you have towards people as you're praying for them and as you're asking God to bless them and to minister them and to save them. So, so prayer not only affects those that we pray for, but it affects and transforms our own heart too. Prayer is powerful and effective, not just from us, but in us. God transforms us as we come to him in prayer. God aligns our hearts and priorities to his, and we need his heart to reach the world. Here's the second thing. Pray that God would remove the blinders the devil tries to put on the minds and eyes of unbelievers. Second Corinthians four verse four tells us that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. One of the things we gotta know and understand is that while God is at work seeking to save, the devil is at work seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And that there is a very, very real spiritual battle that's being waged for the souls of mankind. Prayer is a warfare weapon against the enemy in the kingdom of darkness. The apostle Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians chapter six, where he's teaching us about, about putting on the full armor of God. And he says to us in verse 12, he says, he reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but, but, but it's against the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so he tells us then in verse 18, he says to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion because the real battle, as the scripture tells us, belongs to the Lord. And we know from his word in 1 John 3, 8, that, that the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And so we agree with God in, in his will and prayer for the works of the enemy against unbelievers to be undone by the power of God so that, so that eyes and minds and hearts may be open to receive the love and grace and truth and salvation of God in Christ. 
We pray against the work of the enemy and that the power of God would undo that work. Here's the third thing. Um, pray for the nations. Remember in 1 Timothy 2, in the first couple of verses, Paul says, listen, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And that means all people, right? Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. Did, did you know that, that of, uh, there, there are roughly some 8 billion people uh, in 195 different nations in our world and still roughly uh, about 3 billion or 7,000 people groups have no to little access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three billion people who God so loves, who Jesus died for and wants to be saved. Now, now the reality is, is that you or I may never step foot in another nation to share Jesus, but we can still share in God's heart and his priority by praying and asking the Lord to reach people in every nation because he can. In fact, there are so many stories that have come from all over the world, particularly in places where the gospel is not allowed, where people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ through visions or dreams or supernatural encounters with the Lord. Why? Because the prayers of God's people are powerful and effective. So we pray like Paul tells us here. What does he say? Pray that God would help them. Pray and intercede on their behalf and thank God for them. Pray for the leaders of those nations that God would draw them to himself, that he would use them for, for the good and flourishing of their people and to open doors for the gospel. Pray for missionaries who are in those nations now and who are meant yet still to go there. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37, 38, he said, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. So, so pray and be open to how God might want to use you to go or, or to help send others. And, and let me just say this so we hold this rightly as well. Christianity is not an American religion. Okay, and missions is not an American movement. It is from everywhere and to everywhere. In fact, 70% of all of the world's missionaries are from the non-Western world. And so, so this is a global mission from the global church that we have the joy of sharing in. A hundred years ago, just in Korea, there were less than 20,000 Christians, less than 1% of the population of South Korea was Christian. Today, that's nearly 30%. And South Korea alone has sent more than 21,000 missionaries to 175 nations. So South Korea actually almost sends out more missionaries than the United States. And eight out of 10 of the largest churches in the world are there. The, the global church is reaching out and, and mobilizing from every nation to every nation. And we have the great joy and privilege of joining with them in that work of praying and asking God and the spirit of God both to send missionaries and to do his work across the globe. Here, here's the fourth thing. Pray for your city. Pray for your city. Know that, that, that where you live is not an accident that God has placed you there for the sake of that city. Acts 17.26 tells us that God has determined the time set for mankind and the exact places where they should live, which is really just to say that God has placed you where you are on purpose for his purpose. 
I, I love this passage from Jeremiah 29 where, where God is speaking uh, to his people about this new place that he has planted them. Uh, listen to what he says in verse seven. God says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. I love that. Seek the welfare of the place where God has sent you, which means ultimately that we're to seek its good, right? Which includes praying to the Lord on its behalf because the greatest need ultimately of every city is a spiritual need, is to know God, is to receive his salvation. So, so ask the spirit of God to move and minister in your city, in its leaders, in its businesses, in its schools, in its neighborhoods, in families, in its churches. That, that people would be saved, that the city would flourish, that provisions would be made, that there would be freedom and peace and prosperity and blessing. Because look at what God says here. He says, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. In, in loving your neighbor and praying for your city, there's blessing for you too. So pray for your city. God has placed you there for its benefit and for the sake of the gospel. Lastly, here's the last one. Pray for those who are in your sphere of influence. Pray for those people that God has put directly in your path. Pray for your family members. Pray for your friends. Pray for your neighbors or coworkers or classmates. Consider the people that God has specifically placed in your life that he so loves and wants to be saved. Know that it's not an accident that you're in the family that you're in. That, that's not an accident that you have the neighbors that you do. That's no accident or coincidence that the people in your life are there, but that God has specifically and purposefully placed you there that they might know his love and his goodness and his salvation. Church, let us make it our priority to be a people who pray and seek first the Lord and his heart and his priorities, not only for our own sake, but for the sake of the world that God so loves and wants to save. Before we close this morning with our final song, I just wanna leave you with a couple of questions and a challenge. Um, these are just a few things that you can think about through the week or journal about or, or talk about today with those gathered in your home or your house church. Uh, a couple questions, here's the first one. What are the things that, that you tend to pray most about? And what might those things be revealing about your heart's desires and priorities? And, and just be honest. I mean, may, maybe the real answer is, you know what, if I'm honest, I don't really pray. That might be an answer. But, but what are the things that you tend to bring to the Lord? And what, do you, what might that be revealing about your heart's desires and priorities? That's the first one. Here's the second question. What is one thing or some things you can commit to doing this year to share in God's heart and priority of seeking and saving the lost? What's one thing for you to commit to in this year that, that, that advances the priority and agenda of God in the world? And thirdly, this is just a challenge for you. Pick a time this week that, that, that you will set aside specifically to pray for others, that they might know the love and grace and truth of Jesus and turn from sin and receive his salvation. But pick, pick a time and just say, I'm going to this week specifically pray that others know Jesus. 
Maybe that's praying for your city. Maybe that's praying for your school. Maybe that's praying for a specific country. If you don't really know where to start, there's a great uh, website called the Joshua Project, joshuaproject.net. It'll tell you all about different nations and people groups and, and the gospel, the work of the gospel there and how you can be praying for them. That's a great one to look into. And, and it also, if you're just somebody who struggles to set aside time, then, then perfect for you this week, this Saturday uh, at the Edge Church, we're doing a 24-hour day of prayer um, Starting on Saturday, it's going to go the entire day. We're going to have one-hour blocks uh, of time that are that are that you can sign up for, that you can choose to be a part of throughout the day. And I invite you just to just to do that, just to pick one. Say, you know what? I'm going to commit an hour this week, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to specifically pray for these family members, these neighbors, th- this nation, this city, whatever it might be. However, God stirs and leads you, your heart. But but would you consider committing this week to seeking the Lord? for the sake of the world. Uh, I'm gonna close this in prayer um, and then we'll close with our final song. Father, thanks for this morning. God, thanks for your word in this time. And God, thanks for sharing your heart with us. God, I pray that, that it would be our heart's desire, Lord, each and every one of us to seek you first. God, and for our hearts to be aligned to your heart and your priority. God, that that we would have a love and a heart for the world and for those who don't know you. God, that that it would be the ambition and desire of our heart, God, to see people come to saving faith in you. And Lord, that you would lead us in that. God, stir in our hearts a desire to pray for those in our life, God, who are far from you. God, to pray for our city, to pray for the nations. God, that we can partner in your gospel work. Lord, I pray that that even this week, Lord, that that you would remind us of this word. And God, that we would, that we would set aside time, Lord, just to seek you first. And Lord, to come before you on behalf of others. Lord, do a work in us, I pray. Lead us, God, by your spirit. God, you're good all the time. And just commit all of this to you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We'll go ahead and and take a a little bit of time to dig into those questions or uh, just wait for a couple minutes and we will close with our final song. God bless you guys. Have a great week.